0: Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. I'm Jordan Morandini. It's good to talk to you, Jordan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Long time no see, Jack. I haven't been on in a while.
0: Yeah, it has been a while. I mean, I've had to take a little bit of a break from some health issues, but today we're talking NFL playoff preview, primarily wildcard weekend. It's going to be a weird year because neither of our teams made it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No. Th- yeah, we were talking about this beforehand. We're like, well, wait, we don't have any rooting interests in any of these <laughs> games, especially different for you. I feel like last year was kind of an anomaly for me. Um, but yeah, it is weird not seeing your Steelers in this situation in the, in the playoffs. <laughs> it's very weird. It's also weirder that
0: neither of us are fans of the teams in the cities we live in. And now they're
1: playing each other. Wow, I didn't even think about that, but you are <laughs> you are dead on. And it's funny too because you probably get the Chicago radio side of things, where yeah. I get the Philly radio Lots. side of things. I can I, I can only imagine what is going on between <laughs> on each side of those throughout this week before this game. <laughs> Two huge markets.
0: So something recently that was pretty cool was the Dan Lebatard show and the Dan Patrick show decided to go on live together like they called each other up and we're talking to each other on each other's stations mm-hmm. oh my god uh,
1: imagine that with the chicago and philly folks you would not want to hear that I, pro- <laughs> I promise you the philly folks are ruthless even when it comes to their own teams so i can only imagine what would be going on in a preparation week before a playoff game <laughs>
0: All right, well, it'll be a lot of fun. So I have a quick little discussion topic, though. Before we get into playoff action, Jordan, I need to ask you, just looking back at the season that just ended, today's January 3rd, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Thank you. The season has been, the regular season ended four days ago. Today's a Thursday. The biggest disappointment of teams that both of us had high hopes for I mean, we don't need to open up that can of worms of all the teams that we thought would do well this year that we're, we were very wrong on, but... I do not want to talk about my projections yet. <laughs> I don't either,
1: but... Talk about the present.
0: <laughs> two teams, Steelers and Vikings, both missed the playoffs. We had high hopes for both of them. Which team do you think was a bigger disappointment this season?
1: Yeah, I would say those two are probably the biggest disappointment. I think it's fair to toss my Jags in as well but yeah I would say given how the season turned out and how both the Vikings and the Steelers had an opportunity to make the postseason they were probably the more disappointing teams if I had to lean one way there honestly I I have to lean Minnesota's way just because I, I believe I had them going at least in the NFC title game this year a year ago they were right there and you know this year Jack I think we were talking, you know, towards the preseason that when Kirk Cousins signed, that was kind of the big thing for them. It was, well, now they have a legitimate quarterback to go along with a roster that maybe, you know, Case Keenum was holding back a little bit a year ago. Dalvin Cook's going to come back healthy this year. You know, there were a lot of things that came into this season where we're like, well, the Vikings are legitimate. They're going to win this division. Um, you know, the Packers and the bears, they're both going to be right there, but Minnesota has the most talented roster in this division. And they had a defense Jack that a year ago was really, really good. Um, and you know, just wasn't necessarily as good this year. I think there were a lot of disappointments. I think cousins personally has taken a lot of the blame for this team underachieving, but I think there were a lot of things wrong with this team. They didn't run the ball. Great. Um, It seemed like early in the year, you know, there was a lot of Adam Thielen talk and how good of a receiver he was, but down the stretch, he wasn't nearly as effective as he was early in the season. And it's really a team, Jack, that it felt like kind of just dwindled as the year went on. Um, I would say this team was a little bit more disappointing than the Steelers. In terms of the Steelers, I think losing Le'Veon obviously was a big hit, but I think people kind of underrated how big of a hit this was just because of James Conner's early success in the season. Um, Le'Veon is a guy who's built to play football as the year goes on. He's a guy in the backfield that can catch passes for you. He's a guy who obviously is one of the best running backs in football. And, you know, as the season went on, James Conner got off to a great start, but down the stretch he wasn't nearly as effective as he was early in the year. And it became a kind of a, a very pass-heavy offense. I know he was injured a couple weeks, and honestly, that hurt as well. But um, it became a very pass-heavy offense. And Jack, this was a Steelers team that was seven, what seven two and one, yeah, and ended up missing the postseason. And I think you know, obviously, you look back at the games, and you're like, wow, how did you lose to Oakland, and that ends up costing you a playoff spot? But still, I, it's very easy to say both these teams were very disappointing. But I would lean probably the Vikings just a little bit more disappointing. Um, just because the Steelers lost Le'Veon, and he was such a big piece to them. Yeah,
0: I agree that it was the Vikings as a bigger disappointment because this team was Super Bowl or bust coming out of the preseason. You're spot on with the Kirk Cousins hype. I don't think anyone was expecting him to be an MVP candidate or anything like that, but they were expecting more. It was a more stable quarterback situation than with Keenum. Keenum played out of his mind last year. Um, and we'll get to this in a second, but as for the Steelers end of things, it doesn't crush me as much as it must crush a Minnesota fan who's waited how long for a Super Bowl. I mean fifty years
1: <laughs> it has been a long, yeah,
0: yeah, so they've been waiting a long time for this. Steelers have won two championships over the last fifteen years played in another one, so I'm like, all right, you know, this was a weird year, things didn't go great, but I think the team still has such a talented roster that they're going to be right back there, whereas the Vikings, they are now feeling the heat of a team like the Bears winning 12 games, and some of these other teams like the Packers, you would think this was the year to capitalize on a weak NFC North. Mm -hmm. They weren't the team to do that, which I think was a big shock to a lot of people.
1: Well, I think what we're seeing really around the league, Jack, um, and I'd honestly be interested to hear your comments on this, is when teams pay the quarterback the big contract, it has to, has to, has to be the right quarterback. Because we're seeing a lot of situations right now with a lot of different teams where if you pay the wrong guy. It really, really hurts that roster for a couple years. We're seeing it in Oakland with Derek Carr. We've seen it really with Detroit with Stafford. Um, My Jags paid Bortles over the offseason. That's going to hurt them for a couple years now. And now you look at Kirk Cousins. They went all in here. And look, I don't think Kirk had a bad year by any means. He had over over 4,000 yards. He had 30 TDs. But now with that contract, you're, gonna, you're going to see the rest of the roster when maybe they have to pay some of these guys on the defensive side of the ball. That money's not going to be as available. And Jack, I think you were right in with what you said, that this team was kind of in a very must-win situation this year. Um, just because with Cousins, with that contract now, these next couple of years you're going to take some hits in terms of that roster and not being able to pay some guys that maybe you would have been if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract or maybe a cheaper option.
0: Yeah, and you bring up the point about quarterbacks and having the right guy. And even if you have the right guy, you still might not win. The Packers are paying a lot for Aaron Rodgers. He's the right guy.
1: That's a great point. That is a fantastic point. Um, And I think when you look at, here's where I was really going with this, with that statement is, and I'm interested to hear what you think on this. Look at the playoff teams this year. Mm -hmm. And you you see Andrew Luck. You see Russell Wilson, you see Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and then um, a bunch of guys on rookie contracts. Yes. You see Deshaun Watson, you see Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Trubisky. Uh, Eagles are in a weird case <laughs> where, <laughs> where Foles kind of as a backup is making more than Wentz is. Um, but it really worked out in their favor, and then Mahomes is a great example too. These are all teams that have quarterbacks that are, you know, very good. A lot of good quarterbacks here. Watson, great quarterback. Mahomes, great quarterback. Some of these other guys have shown potential, and these teams are taking complete advantage of this because those guys are getting paid so little on rookie contracts. And I think another great example. I think the Bears are a phenomenal example of this, is they've been able to spend elsewhere because they have Mitch on that rookie contract, um, and it's just really interesting. I think that the dynamic is. It's going to be really hard for some of these teams around the league to make the playoffs, especially consistently, if you pay the wrong guy.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm a big believer in this idea of the secret sauce to success being the rookie contract. Quarterbacks, because of all the reasons you mentioned, I mean, let's just put it this way. If Mitch Trubisky was making $28 million, do you think the Bears are making the playoffs?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not especially with it, especially given production this year. You yeah. know, maybe down the road he proves to be able to. Yeah. But with current production no that would cripple that roster.
0: So, here's the thing and I want to use there's one team that made these playoffs, a quarterback that you mentioned who is getting paid quite a bit and they had to retool their entire team but they came back to the playoffs this year after missing the playoffs last year. And I think that's the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's a great blueprint for what the Vikings could do because the Vikings still have a lot of guys under contract for a little while. They don't have any big free agents this uh, off season. We haven't even talked about offensive line play. That was clearly their biggest weakness. If you've Face a defense like the Bears, where they can only uh, they can only rush four guys on you, and they're just going to manhandle your line like that, while they can drop the rest of the team back to coverage. Like, good luck, yeah, good
1: luck. <laughs>
0: yeah. And we saw like it, it can't all be Kirk's fault. He was mm-hmm. taking a huge beating. So what do you got to do in this situation? Well, the Seahawks a, few, a couple years ago paid Russell Wilson a lot of money. Yep, their offensive line was garbage. And so then what they ended up doing after they couldn't make the playoffs was they started to ship out some of those defensive players who were expensive and try to save money where they could. And now they have a pretty good offensive line, pretty good offense around Russell Wilson. They were a really good team this year. And they were able to draft players to fill the needs of those openings of all the defensive players that they had cut ties with.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think where that especially in Seattle's case, where where it's really helped is maybe, you know, obviously Russell Wilson has played fantastic football, but he's got a really good running game behind him yeah. now. That is, a, that is a scary team in terms of, you know, a team that can dominate time of possession in a game. Um, you know, Russ, Russell Wilson is a really smart quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. Um, what do you have? It's just seven interceptions this year. That, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's what we've seen with a couple teams is, I think the Colts are another good example of this, yeah. Jack. I think it worked out perfectly the way they did it. Um, is luck was hurt these couple of years. So what they do, you know, they, they were bad a couple of years. They rebuilt that offensive line through the draft. So now you have a cheap offensive line, but one that is producing at a really high level. And they protected Andrew Luck extremely well this year. And it's revitalized that running game. Um, and I think they're another good example here is that, you know, there is a way and a lot of you're seeing it with some of these teams is the way to do it is to kind of get back into it through that offensive line and try and dominate the inner trenches.
0: Yeah. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He, he got a little too much of a beating on social media. I thought it was just borderline mean and Mm -hmm. just nasty. (laughs) And honestly, a lot of it I thought was ill-informed because Mm -hmm. you need to look at these other factors. So, If they put an offensive line around him, I mean, they have so much talent on their defense that even if they were to move an Everson Griffin or a Harrison Smith, Mm -hmm. they still got Xavier Rhodes. They've got so many playmakers on that defense. And what's to say they can't draft another guy like that? So I think they could jump right back next year if they're able to make the right moves or just draft a better offensive line. Another... One more contract that they could potentially move, because I was looking at their contracts the other day, Kyle Rudolph, I believe, is somewhere in the eight to $10 million range for next year. Mm-hmm. I think they could get a tight end for much cheaper and put that money on the offensive line.
1: Well, yeah, and Rudolph kind of had, in terms of, as a pass catcher, a little bit of a disappointing year. Um, some people saw him as kind of a big breakout candidate this year with yeah. Cousins, and he ended up just having kind of right around his normal year, no breakout type year for Rudolph. So that would be a good... Um, a good place probably to start there if they're trying to find some extra money and then you can replace his production uh, through a guy in the draft. But I'm done with the Vikings. Let's get to these playoffs. (laughs) I'm fine with that.
0: (laughs) I just, I had to, we had to talk about those. Yeah, understandable. Jordan, I have a little uh, way that we can go through these playoffs. We're going to look at all the wild card matchups. We're going to look at them one game at a time and we're going to rank least interesting to most interesting okay i
1: like it i like it Uh, you you like all the matchups this weekend i I think this wild card weekend is set up so beautifully jack is it like i said in when we were talking pre-show here i think all eight of these teams could win like i don't think there's any scenario where you're heading into a game like wow this team's gonna get blown out and i like that a lot on a wild card weekend
0: Yeah, it's good. I feel like there's a lot of talk about this field being so open. And typically when we say that, who ends up winning?
1: (laughs) Man with a full hand of
0: rings. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's talk about these games. So Jordan, what do you think is the least interesting game this weekend?
1: Uh, Yeah, this is an intriguing question because like I said, I think all of these games are really equally interesting in the aspect of either team can win. I would say in terms of maybe the fireworks in some of these games, and because uh, uh, like I said, I think they're all interesting. I, I'm just going off of you know one that might be a little bit slower of a game, more of a time possession type game. I think the Seahawks-Cowboys screams that, Jack. Um, I know some people think this could potentially turn into a shootout. I don't see that much. I see Dallas, especially at home, trying to maintain uh, time of possession. They're not going to want to get into really the battle of Russell Wilson just and Carson kind of just manhandling time of possession here. So I think you'll see a heavy dose of Zeke. Um, and you have two quarterbacks here who – Russell Wilson had a fantastic year, but you don't think of any of these guys – the, well, at least I don't think of either of these guys as just elite, elite passers. I think of them as very good mobile quarterbacks, guys who can extend possessions. Um and I think, obviously, in terms of the quarterback here, you have an advantage with Russell Wilson over Dak. But really, you look at the rest of these rosters, Cowboys defense has really surprised this year. They have a couple of really good players, a couple of really good young players. Uh, Vander Ash is a very good linebacker for them. Um, and, Jack, they're 7-2 and two since trading for Amari Cooper. That's a big-time playmaker for them. I think in terms of interesting, this to me is probably the least. Um, but, again, I can see this game going either way.
0: Two things about this game. Number 1, I'm shocked this isn't the Fox game because I always see both these teams on Fox. This is the I think sun- this
1: uh, this is not the it's Saturday night. It's a night, Saturday no.
0: night uh NBC game. Oh, okay. Yeah, isn't that interesting?
1: That is interesting. You would think the Cowboys would no doubt be on Fox regardless of what time they play. <laughs> or
0: just <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, like, yeah. So I thought this would be the Sunday game. I was very surprised that this was the Saturday night game. And actually, Jordan, I was going to rank this as the number one most interesting game to me.
1: (laughs) The tables have turned. (laughs) Why do you see it as that? See, see. I I think it could be a shootout. But
0: the way I look at it is I think these two teams, as you were hinting at, are Mm -hmm. very, very even. I think they're very even. I think this is going to be a very balanced game. And I think we're, I think this is going to be exciting. I could see, I do think both defenses are pretty good, but I could see Amari Cooper breaking off a 60 yard touchdown and Russell Wilson with a 40 yard run. I think both defenses can be exposed to some way. So I think this is going to be an exciting one.
1: Yeah, I would, I I agree with you there. I, I, again, I don't think any (laughs) of these matchups are not interesting at all. Um, and to be honest Jack it's really hard to pick a winner in this game you know looking at it <laughs> Cowboys have the home field advantage but the Seahawks I mean Russell Wilson's a guy who's been here he's a guy who's won in the postseason he's going against a guy in Dak who really hasn't won in the postseason or I guess hasn't won in the postseason um, there's so many variables here do you, do you have a favorite here are you leaning either way
0: I like Seattle I think Seattle is very dangerous and this is the type of year that I think a team like Seattle, a wild card team, could really go on a deep run, especially in the NFC, because I think the NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC. I think there's a gap between the Chiefs and the Colts. I don't think there's as big a gap between the Saints and the Eagles.
1: Fair enough. Because I, I think I, the
0: Saints have looked a little flawed lately.
1: It's fair enough. I would say, given the fact Saints are playing at home all postseason, yes, a big, big factor. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from there.
0: Yeah. So I think this is the type of a year you could see a wild card team or a team, like even the team, like the bears to go mm-hmm. on a run. So I like, I like Seattle here. I think it'll be an exciting one. Uh, score will be in the twenties. I think it'll be a good one.
1: I'm actually leaning Seattle's way as well. And I think the key here is Russell Wilson. I think he yeah. makes enough plays on the road. Um, Again, I think the Seattle team. A lot of the key is they've been able to run the ball so well. I think Chris Carson has a good game. You know, in terms of their defensive scheme here, I think they try and shut down Zeke Elliott and really make uh, Dak Prescott make some plays. Um, and I think Dak might be a little bit turnover prone in this game. I can see the Seahawks with a couple takeaways and that yeah. turning into some easy points. Interesting. You think this one will be close or not really? Um. Yeah, I think it'll be end up being a one-possession game. Um, but again, it might come from a late score from the Cowboys or something in that matter. I think the Seahawks here, with the experience of Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, I think they have the better coach as well, and that's something I didn't mention before. I think they're able to take care of business on the road.
0: All right, so what is your next most interesting this would be your third most interesting
1: third most interesting (laughs) um to me this this is the ravens chargers game jack um
0: which is my number four
1: okay fair enough there we go i figured it was (laughs) i figured it was um look when you look at the ravens this to me just isn't a very interesting team to watch i get the excitement with lamar jackson i i get that it's a totally different brand of football um that people are used to seeing and maybe want to see um but to me this game uh, this is a rematch jack of a game that happened what in week 15 or 16
0: 16 i believe
1: 16 where the ravens took care of business and that was in baltimore correct yeah that was in balt uh was it in actually i'm not sure i think i think it it was in la actually yeah they went on the road and beat him yeah because it was a big deal that lamar jackson beat him um I do think there is a big home field advantage here in Baltimore. I think that's a tough place to play. Um, but I think the Chargers, they have a big advantage here of seeing that offense just, what, two or three weeks ago now. Um, this is an offense that it's very option-based. It's a lot of Lamar Jackson running. Um, and, and I think seeing that offense, Jack, this recently, that'll help this defense. And, again, you look at the Chargers. This is a roster that a lot of people – think is maybe the most talented in the NFL. When you look at position by position, Uh, they have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Casey Hayward, a phenomenal corner Um, Derwin James, a rookie safety. They drafted, he's up there for rookie of the year. Um, And then you look on the offensive side of the ball. Phillip rivers is a guy who gets the job done. He had a great year this year. There was a small little part of the year where he was maybe an MVP candidate, um, He put together a great year. And Melvin Gordon, who is healthy now, I think that's crucial for them as well. I don't know if they had Melvin at 100% in that game. They may not have had him at all in Week 16. Um, But he is a big, big part of this game, Jack. I I hate to say I like another road team in this, but I think I'm leaning the Chargers' way um, with Phillip Rivers getting it done.
0: Yeah, you know how I feel about the Ravens. So, <laughs> trying to sound as unbiased as I can, but I mean, this was a team that they were were they three and five or four uh, and yeah, five?
1: Yeah, not good early. Yeah, not great early. And then I, they, don't, you know.
0: I don't know about them. I just don't know how good they are. And I do think this seems like the classic first game that's on ESPN. That's a Maybe okay. Maybe not blowout, but it's just not going to be fun to watch. Maybe it's a ten-point game.
1: Well, I remember thinking because I watched this game in week—I got to figure out what week it was before I make the comment. Uh, it was Week 16, okay. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this game in LA, and I was like, "Wow, that, you know, maybe this Ravens defense is for real because they shut down Philip Rivers and that offense in that game. Um, that is the reason I think maybe the Ravens can hang in this game." Because I do think that defense puts together another performance. And again, they're at home. I think that gives them a boost. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I would be surprised if it was a blowout. But I do think Rivers gets it done on the road. All right, let's say 10 points. How about that? Is that fair? That's fine, yeah. Yeah, I would probably go 3 or 7. But yeah, 10 (laughs) 10 gets it done on your side. (laughs) 17
0: to 7 or 20 to 10 or something like that.
1: Fair enough. I was, th- I'm thinking this is going to be at yeah, the 24, 17, maybe Uh 21, 17 type game. I don't yeah. see this to be a h- really high scoring affair. I
0: don't know. I just don't, I don't know. I don't enjoy watching the Ravens no matter what.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I do not like the Ravens brand of football they're playing <laughs> right now either with the option. I, I don't want to see Lamar Jackson run it 20 times. Um, and I'm honestly scared for him moving forward, but that's a whole different story, but there's not many quarterbacks that have had a lot of success in this league taking consistent hints that like that weekend we go.
0: Well, let's just say the main thing that I'm going with here is if the Ravens are able to beat this team Mm -hmm. two times in three weeks, that's a 12 win team. Have they won 12? Yeah. Yeah. Then,
1: and that's a very, it's a very good 12 win team too. This is a very talented roster
0: then the Ravens are very, very, very legit if they're able to do that. I,
1: I would 100% agree with you there.
0: I just don't see it happening.
1: I see... I, I don't see it happening either. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> okay, so we're
1: agreeing time. on uh, the yeah, game so far. We are indeed. I was, I'm actually surprised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Second most interesting game.
1: I'm going to let you go first on this, but I'm going to mention the game. Let's okay. go. I think the Colts and Texans here.
0: Yeah, that's I was going to have them around 2 or 3. I think I would have them at 2 though. The reason why this could be the best one of the weekend. The thing is AFC South, you just don't know what's going to
1: happen. <laughs> you do not it's the the very fun <laughs> division. The wild division. <laughs> a little bit you get a little bit of everything in that division
0: (laughs) it's it was great this year not for your guy your team but it was exciting and interesting this year i would
1: would agree a lot of good storylines and bad storylines yeah (laughs) but what are your thoughts here what are you thinking
0: couple of good quarterbacks uh this is gonna be in houston i think home field's going to play a pivotal role in this one i think houston's gonna have a lot of energy and excitement there they missed the playoffs last year if i'm correct houston yeah they were the fourth
1: seed in the south last year yeah or fourth uh they ended up fourth in the division last year
0: yeah so they i think they're gonna be ready to seize the moment i think the colts I think this is going to be a good game, no doubt. I mean, the Colts, they had a great season because coming into this and now seeing them win, I'm like, man, I'd forgotten about the Colts. (laughs) (laughs) They just haven't left their mark without Andrew Luck in there, but they've transformed their team, Uh, their offensive line that you were talking about. Luck is healthy. I think this is going to be a Really exciting game. I don't know how many points are going to be scored just because I don't know what's going to happen with the AFC South. But what do you think?
1: This, to me, is such a is such a tough game yeah. to, to, to decide on because I, I see these teams more because I watch so much AFC South. Um, to me, I really... In terms of AFC teams, I think they the teams in the postseason... I think they much rather would have seen the Titans sneak into the playoffs instead of this Colts team. And, and here's why. You touched on some of the points here. This is a team, Jack, you know, we touched on the offensive line. Andrew luck been sacked 18 times this year. That's 32nd most in the NFL, as in least in the NFL. Amazing. Um, So this is a, I mean, this is a big time offensive line. It's not like they're middle of the pack. This, this unit gets it done. Um, it's a defense that has been in the top 10 since the one and five start. Again, this is, let's not forget here. This is a team that's nine and one in the last 10. They are coming in scheming hot, including beating the Texans in a game in which if Houston wins, they have a chance at the two seed. So it was a big game. Yeah. It was a big, big game. Um, I think you have a big advantage with Andrew Luck. I think Watson's a great player, but I think it'll be really interesting to see how he performs in his first postseason start. Yeah, big a good advantage, point. Big advantage that they're at home. I think the key to this game really for the Texans may be, can they get Lamar Miller going? He's quietly had a really good season, right around 1,000 yards, missed a couple weeks with an injury. Um, but when he's able to run the ball, I think this offense can be really effective. I think it'll be interesting to see – if he can't get it, if they can't get that run game going, is Deshaun able to make enough plays? And again, you're you're, you're looking at a Colts team that's coming in steaming hot. I, I trust Andrew Luck about as much as any quarterback apart from Brady in this AFC playoffs Whoa. to perform at a really high level. Um, and I think he's got the. I think he's got big time weapons. Look at what he did with Eric Ebron this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ebron. If he didn't lead the league in touchdowns, he was right there. I think he had 13. Definitely led it in terms of tight ends. T.Y. Hilton is a legitimate big play target. Um, He had over 1,200 yards. Marlon Mack has turned into a legitimate rusher. He had a monster game in Week 17, and that must win against Tennessee. There's a lot to like about this Colts team, Jack, and I I hate to pick three road winners in a row here, but like I said, I think a lot of these games are toss-ups. They could go either way. I like the Colts on the road. I think they're a pretty popular pick in this game, just because I think people are kind of on the luck train as well. But I do think this is a close game. I don't think it's a blowout by any means, but I think this is maybe one of the highest score this might be the highest scoring game of the weekend. I see it about a 35-28, 35-31. I think this is going to be a really high scoring game.
0: I think it will be a high scoring game. I I think it'll be a shootout. Uh you kind of sold me on that there. It'll be I think <laughs> I what apologize. will be re- No, no, no. I think what will be really interesting to see the Colts' offensive line against Clowney and Watt.
1: I think that's the key. To, I think that's the yeah. key to this game. Yeah, because if Watt and Clowney are able to get some hits, if they're able to, you know, get a forced fumble early or something that really gives the Texans momentum, and I will, I will say this too. I think it's important the Texans get off to a good start in this game um, because I yeah. don't think I, I, don't think of Houston as like a monstrous home field advantage um, mm-hmm. in turn, like compared to some of the others out there. Um, But I do think that place can get really, really loud if momentum's on their side early. And I think getting off to a good start may be as important as anything in this game for Houston.
0: I agree with that. So you're going Colts. I'm going Texans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think you bring up a great point of it'll hinge on how Watson plays. I think it's going to be, this will be a really great game. And uh, last but not least, this is the most interesting game to you.
1: This, to me, is so intriguing, Jack. <laughs> so intriguing because, <laughs> I mean, I have had my fair share of Bears takes as this year has gone on. <laughs> um, and there is there is probably one team that the Bears – oh, my God, I bet the Bears – look, they beat Cousins, and I'm sure they're happy about it or whatever, you know, that they win that Week 17. I They can say what they'd want. I think they much rather would have played Minnesota – instead of having Nick Foles and a red-hot Eagles team come into town. Yeah. I, there's just something about Nick Foles. There's something about this Eagles team that just clicks different <laughs> when Nick <laughs> Foles is under center. Um, and this game is so intriguing to me for so many reasons. One, how is Mitchell Trubisky going to play when the playoffs come around? I think this is one of the more intriguing storylines because there really isn't an excuse here. He has the defense, and he has the weapons really to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the, the guys around him are that good. Um, but I think a lot of the Bears' success in this postseason. And look, I know I I hear Bears. I'm as involved as anybody in listening to Bears fans. Some <laughs> Bears radio. Look, you know, he, Mitch doesn't have to make that many big plays. You know, the the playoffs are just a little bit different. And when the <laughs> when times come around, Mitch is going to have to make some plays. Um, look, I, I don't think this is a great Eagles team. I'll come out and say that. I don't think it is. I think if it was, they would have really dominated this year. Um, they kind of really had to work their way and sneak back into the postseason here. But it is a team, Jack, coming in with a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence and a team that, Really, a lot of those guys that were key Super Bowl guys a year ago are still on this roster in terms of experience. It's big time Eagles. Um, the key to this game for me, this isn't a great Eagles offensive line, and it is a very, very, very good Bears pass, r- pass rush. So if, Foles, if somehow the Eagles are able to get Foles' time to throw, I think this is danger zone for Chicago at home. If Mac and company are able to get a couple big hits, they're able to force some fumbles. I mean, this game, I will admit, does have the ability to get ugly. I would say, if
0: in if, which way,
1: in the I think the Bears' way, in terms of them winning. I think, oh, okay, I I think with the home crowd behind them at all time that great, not all time great defense, but that great defense. Um, but I think it's just so intriguing because you have this momentum Eagles team with Nick Foles and you know the entire freaking state of pennsylvania <laughs> on the Falls bandwagon um there's just so much to like about this. i'm really I, personally i'm just really excited to watch this game because i really don't know which way it's going to lean
0: it's kind of like that team in 2006 i believe it was when donovan McNabb got hurt mm-hmm. and jeff garcia came in yep and everyone hard. he ignited the city and they put the rock his jersey on the rocky <laughs> statue yeah exactly <laughs> i think a big thing for the bears here is actually wide receivers because i'm looking at the injury report right now i was going to mention that
1: it's a bit yeah. it, this is big
0: yeah so allen robinson missed week 17 mm-hmm. and then taylor gabriel and anthony miller were both forced out of the game with injuries. And that's their top three receivers. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at Trubisky with the running backs and Trey Burton and no receivers, I think that's a big difference.
1: I would agree. It does look like all three are expected to play, I think. Yeah. But so keep
0: an eye on that. I think that's important.
1: I would agree, yeah. And I think along with that – um in terms of you know guys that are important for this Bears offense, I think Tariq Cohen's going to be a big key in this game too. Um, I know they're going to want to set the tone probably with Howard in the running game, but when it comes to playmaking, you know Cohen's kind of their big-time playmaker, whether they're using him in the backfield back as a back or whether they're using him um, as a receiving back on screen plays. He's made some big plays this year, and I think he's crucial for the Bears to get going in this game, um, especially if some of those wide receivers are a little banged up.
0: And Jordan Howard had himself a game in Minnesota last
1: week. He did indeed. Yeah, he's somebody to watch out. Does this Eagles team intrigue you at all? Do you see a potential upset here?
0: I I can see it. Um, I will go Bears, but I do think this is going to be a close game. I don't know if it's going to be the prettiest game because this is – I had it third most interesting because, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, we may see a fair share of offensive blunders and miscues. Uh, nice. <laughs> a botched snap, or a couple of picks, some sacks, maybe a mm-hmm. fumble. I think I think it'll be a cool, traditional, hard-nosed defensive battle. And I, what I really want for this game is I think snow would be perfectly fitting for this
1: game. <laughs> that would fit right in, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I just think this is a game so intriguing, so interesting. Um, yeah. And I think along with that, I think a reason I put this as number one too is we kind of get to see the the fan bases of these teams more so than some others. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what those Bears fans are saying on Sunday. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> Whether
1: it's good or bad.
0: Yeah, I'd be scared if there are Philly fans traveling and fights breaking out.
1: See that? Well, well, this is the thing too. Is I was thinking, you know, I'm sure Bears fans would never admit this, or think this, but Philly does travel extremely well. They do. So it should be interesting to see. I'm not saying they're going to take over that stadium by any means. Yeah. But I would expect to see a fair share of Philly fans there.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is when you have these big cities like Chicago or L.A. or New York, I mean, I've been to a lot of Cubs games where they'll play the Detroit Tigers and all the Tigers fans will come out that live in the city. or Exactly. Or for like Northwestern basketball, you have a lot of people who went to Michigan State who live in the city. So
1: Exactly. So this is the one opportunity for any Philly fans anywhere near Chicago
0: <laughs> Yeah. to
1: go check out a playoff game. Exactly. Yeah, That's a that's an interesting point as well. Yeah. I think it will be a
0: very, very intriguing, very interesting game. I don't know if it will be the prettiest, most glamorous, best football that you will see. I mean, it will be on the defensive end, I think. Both these defenses are very hungry, and that should be a lot of fun to watch. I, it's cool that defense is back.
1: I, I would agree with that. And one thing we didn't know, note that we probably should, this is a really banged-up Philadelphia secondary. Um, one that I don't know if they have a single, I think they're on like their 10th corner or 8th or 10th corner. Like they, they, wow. It's been that bad for the secondary this year. Um, so there's going to be opportunities for Trubisky to make some plays in this game. Uh, and, and that's gonna. That's why I mentioned kind of how crucial he was. The big question: Can he make those plays come playoff time? I think there is going to be opportunities for him in this one.
0: Yeah, I so I am going to go with the Bears. I think the home field is big. Uh, I think I, whether it's the fans or the team's just more comfortable in Chicago. They've been seven and one at home this year. I think that's a big number because on the road, five and three, which is still above average, but not. Mm-hmm as impressive as 7-1. and ones.
1: I would agree. I like the Bears in this game as well. Um, I think Eagles were a great story to kind of work their way back into the postseason. I think Foles was a great story this year. Um, but I think really, I mean, the Bears are the better football team here. Yeah. This is an Eagles team that had to sneak in. This is a Bears team that's been dominant really all year. Um, I think that defense makes some plays, forces some turnovers. Bears get it done at home. The other thing is I do
0: think the Bears running backs are going to play big in this game. Uh, I honestly don't know. How is Philly's rush defense? Uh, I
1: defense. mean, they have some. They have some good guys up front. Fletcher Cox um, leads the NFL since week thirteen in, pa- in uh, pass rushes, as in getting to the quarterback. Yeah. he had twenty nine, and Mac was twenty four. Those were the top two, so you'll see some good pass rushers in this. They have Michael Bennett on that line that is a good run defense. They, they have some players, but I don't think this is by any means a, a stout run defense.
0: Okay, it'll be interesting to watch. The <clears throat> I may be at the Bulls game during this game. <laughs> what a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> we got, um, our family got uh, Skybox tickets. Of course, no oh. one wants them the day the Bears are in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's see, hold on, I wanted to look up real quick. It does look like Philly is in the top 10 in re- rush oh. rushing yards against, so... Um, you know, maybe this is a better run defense than I initially expected. Wow. Okay. Seventh so the- least rushing yards allowed this year, yeah.
0: Very, very interesting. I want to talk just a little bit about the Bears because I think we've hit on all these matchups. Uh I honestly, I again, this is another one I don't really know how many points are going to be scored. I'm going to guess like around 20 to 14 or something like that
1: that low yeah i think this game will be more you know 24 17 um because again this is a let's see eagles pass wise they're 30th and they've given up third most pass yards so this is not a good secondary it's really going to be true i think this game is going to end up in trubisky's hands offensively for the bears um I, th- I just I think around 24 17, maybe even 24 14, maybe the Eagles can't get it going against the Spares defense. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. I don't think this has any chance of being a shootout. How
0: have the Eagles done recently against defenses? They beat Houston's, they have, which uh, good pass uh, rush. Yeah, they
1: snuck in. Hold on. Let's go pull up, I'll pull up the schedule. Again. They beat the Rams, who have some I mean, you know, Aaron was Donald a, and That was a great performance. They finished off, I mean, they won, let's see, five of their last six, but two of those were Washington. One was the Giants. So really, you got to look at that Rams game that they won 30-23, to and then that Houston 32-30. I think those were the two kind of you know, tough games down the stretch. But again, they allowed 23 and 30 in those games. So I, I think if the Bears get to 30, I don't see any chance of the Eagles winning this game.
0: So let's talk a little bit about some of these big picture things just in terms of maybe a little, a couple of potential matchups that could be problematic for our one or mm-hmm. two seeds. Uh, I actually think if the Bears were to play the Saints, mm-hmm. which will not happen unless it were the NFC Championship, I think the Bears could beat the Saints based on their from their defense. Because I think the Saints are showing themselves to be rather flawed over the last few weeks of the season.
1: I think that's fair, but here's my problem is that's a pretty good Saints defense. Pretty yeah. under underappreciated yeah. just because all the lights and cameras, and it's all on Breeze and Kamara and Michael Thomas. It's a pretty good Saints defense. I don't know how well the Bears could score on New Orleans. And I think, you know, you can stop New Orleans, but I don't know if you can stop them for a full 60. And, yeah. you know, You know, they may have a great first half or, you know, shut them down for periods of time, you know, two, three straight possessions. But it's in that dome, it is hard to stop stop Drew Brees for a full ball game. And I think that would that game. I do think the Bears match up pretty well against them just because their defense could maybe keep them in it. Um, But that game would if you want to talk about a game that would end up on Trubisky. (laughs) Yeah, that is one that he would have to really make some big time, big time plays in that dome. You also may
0: get a couple of phantom pass interference in that dome too.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> okay, uh, I,
0: I I didn't a... say that earlier. I wanted to say if you give me if, one second, Jordan. Yes, uh, the Steelers. Okay, four of their last six games they lose, mm-hmm. and you look at those games one by one by one. They were yeah. all very close and all very weird and fluky. So there's that Saints game where that pass interference is a 7 point difference and i don't like being the guy that criticizes officiating but i mean that was a huge play that was a I, 45 I I, yard touchdown
1: i think i texted you watching that game and i <laughs> yeah. was like oh my god i can't stand nfl officials it's so hard to watch sometimes yeah that was a that was a very bad call i will agree with you there
0: and then the there's another one on hayden on fourth down in the fourth quarter that was yeah. questionable yeah and then you look at the Chargers game, there was that really weird play where their left tackle jumped and then they didn't call a false start and then they get a 45-yard touchdown. It was like the same situation, Remember only a different as well. penalty.
1: Remember that as well, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that so that's two of those games, which those are the tough teams that they needed to beat. Uh-huh. And then you have the Raiders game where the kicker falls over.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And along with that, Big Ben was knocked out of that game for a little bit as well. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then the Broncos game where Ben throws a pick on the goal line because the it wasn't a good pass, I will say that, uh-huh. but the <laughs> offensive lineman blocked the linebacker right into that
1: interception. <laughs> So just have a very, very unfortunate ending to the Steelers season is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I thought the Denver game was really the only game that they were outplayed in. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they should have won all those other three games. If they just win one of those four games, they're in the playoffs. And that just shows how weird football can be. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that next year, if you just keep riding with what you got, and I, we'll talk about Antonio Brown another time. But it's too talented to not miss the playoffs next year is what I'm saying.
1: I think that's fair. And if you look at that, Jack, guess who's not in the playoffs if that same thing occurs? The Indianapolis Colts who potentially could make a run. Yeah. Ravens are still in at 10-6. and I think they had the advantage over the Colts in terms of if they were tied. Oh, interesting. So I think the Colts would have been the team out there um, if the Steelers were able to get one of those done.
0: Yeah, and if the Colts and Titans had tied, then we could have had the Steelers. Then I mean, that's a wild card.
1: That would have been so funny. But,
0: uh, yeah, so let's... Okay, so we talked a little bit about what teams do you think could give uh, the Potential Rams scary trouble. matchups. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Or just any of them. Go for okay. it. Honestly, look, I, I hate to beat on the drum here, but I do think if Indy's able to get by... Um, if Indy's able to get by Houston... I think they're scary at Kansas City next week um, or Kansas City yep. Um, but Mahomes Jack is the MVP of this league this year. I mean that yeah, I can't see a reason for anyone else. Um, but that is I agree with a that bad defense. Yes <laughs> a very, very bad defense. <laughs> and while they've put up 26 plus in every game this year, Jack, I think in their losses, they've given up like an average of 40 or something. KC. Wow. um, one was the Rams game. Yep. They gave up 40 to new England. They gave up 51 to the Rams. They gave up 29 to the chargers and then 38 to Seattle, 54 to the Rams, excuse me. And 43 to new England. So <laughs> you hear those numbers, those aren't very low numbers here. Um, no. <laughs> and they've had to score a lot in their wins. I mean, this is a team that just has to put up points And I think if you look at a team that may be built for a type of shootout, like I said, Indy's defense has been a lot better as the year has gone on. Um, I I think the Colts would be a scary team to come in there, especially if they're able to beat Houston. They're coming in red hot. Um, And they have Andrew Luck. And to me, Andrew Luck, like I said, I think apart from Brady, I'm as confident in him as any other quarterback probably in the AFC. Well,
0: if that is the case... And the Colts, even if the Colts were to just win that game, I think, I mean, just, I should say, win their wild card game to play in that game, uh-huh. I think that'd be a big help for the Patriots because I think the Texans versus the Patriots could be a weird game. I just because, have you noticed that Bilichek's assistants or former assistants have seemed to be able to beat them recently?
1: That is a little turn in events, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Matt Patricia, <laughs> Mike Vrabel,
1: uh huh. Both and those guys beat and, them. And if that were the case, then if 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 Houston loses that game, then New England plays who? The Chargers, mostly the winner of Chargers, Baltimore, correct? Do we, the question is, do any of those three teams really scare New England?
0: Well, <laughs> the Ravens have played them closely in the past. They have. Yes, they have. I mean, that was four, five, six years ago. I mean, they've done it a couple times though. They did. 20 uh 2014 so 4 uh-huh. years ago i remember that was a good game and then when they beat them where the year with ray lewis where they won the super bowl so that's another interesting little wrinkle i that could be weird because the chargers could be a 12 win team and maybe they want to play the 12 win team
1: exactly which is <laughs> which would be very weird that's not <laughs> normally something you beg for <laughs> yeah let's let's bring this 12 win team in but the I, Baltimore. Yeah.
0: I just can't see Lamar Jackson putting up more points than
1: Tom Brady. That would be so weird. That would be the ultimate weird, maybe of all time. <laughs> Brady loses after having a bye at home <laughs> to a Lamar Jackson-led team. Interesting. Are there any other matchups potentially here, in the which would be what, the divisional round that would intrigue you?
0: Yeah, um, let's see. I think we could very likely get Bears-Rams again, and the fact that that game's going to be out in L.A. is not going to bode well for the Bears, which is where I was saying, like, I think they'd be better suited to play
1: at New Orleans in the divisional round than to play out in L.A. Interesting. You think You think so? Because I think New Orleans is a much, it'd be a much tougher environment than
0: L.A. Yeah, but the other thing is, in L.A., you know, you have to go out there. Yeah, that's true travel and you're on the uh, west coast time time zone yeah yeah so i but i don't i just it's hard for me to picture them beating the rams twice this year Mm -hmm. and doing what they did to the rams last time they've seen a sample of the bears offense and i think they could shut them down better
1: that's fair i would yeah i would agree there i don't think let's say this i don't think It's hard for me to say. I don't think Dallas scares either New Orleans or the Rams if they're able to beat Seattle. I I think that would be a blessing. I think Seattle probably is a little bit more scary maybe for these two teams Um, just because of them being there. Great coach Pete Carroll, hurts me to admit, (laughs) and Russell Wilson. Um, Honestly could be coach of the year. He's got a case. He definitely has a case. I know Uh,
0: everyone's looking at Nagy, but you also got to consider, I know we always like to give it to the new coaches and the Uh teams that are on the rise, but I think Pete Carroll, you've got Andy Reid.
1: I think Andy Reid is a phenomenal choice. I think he's being underappreciated a little bit in the talks because it really has been all about Nagy and, you know, all about... um, uh, Sean Payton a little bit for New Orleans, and you know you hear these same names. I think Andy Reid, look, he he is a first year quarterback. Well, not first year, second year in Mahomes. But first year, first starting. year starting quarterback, and he's been able to do what he's been able to do. I mean, that's very very impressive, especially with that defense. That is a number one seed with a bad bad defense.
0: Sustained success, and the team's gotten better from last year yeah. with a change at quarterback. The coach needs credit for that too.
1: I would one hundred percent agree and then
0: the other one i would toss in there is frank reich
1: fair choice and i think that's a, that would be a that would be a fine choice as well from especially you look at a 1 and 5 team to end up getting in the playoffs at 10 and 6 yeah i that is very very impressive and i think look i mean luck's a big part of it having him back and such but i think you're right reich has done a great job with some of these guys on this roster
0: The thing I have a tough time with with gauging the Bears is just their schedule in terms of they played seven teams. They got, well, they played eight teams that are in the top 10 picks this year. Or at least they played eight games against the top 10 because they played the Lions twice. So they racked up seven wins against the top 10 picks in the next draft.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying, Jack, is uh, apart from beating the Rams, They had a little bit of an easy schedule.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They got, I mean, they beat the Vikings twice. Uh You got to give them credit for that. Yep. They, the Rams, uh, were there any others really?
1: I mean, that division was not good.
0: I mean, they, they played the Patriots, but they lost to them.
1: Yeah. Beating the Packers, not a big deal. Again, that was at home against the Pats that they lost that game. They played the Ram. That win against the Rams was at home. You know they they didn't have any really big time quality road games. Now that I'm looking at their schedule, this is a, uh, hate to say it, a very soft schedule.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) They did beat Seattle at home very early in the year.
0: Yeah, that was a different Seattle team too. Would agree. Seattle now is very different from who they were the first six weeks or so.
1: Would agree. But again, the Bears are playing a home game here in round one, so I think that Rams win that they had, that's kind of a, uh, a a good look heading into the postseason in terms yeah, of a, a late-season win against a high-quality opponent.
0: It's like their kill that they put over their mantle.
1: <laughs> that's a fair way to put it.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so you were going to say, though, that you think teams are scared of Seattle?
1: I would say not necessarily scared, but I do think in Concerned. terms of I – would, I would think Seattle would concern them more than Dallas – that is for sure. I don't think Dallas yeah. is a very scary team at all. They have a Z- they have Ezekiel Elliott, they have a solid defense. Like it's not a great defense in Dallas, but I just don't think that I don't think Dallas has I would be shocked if Dallas went into Los Angeles or into New Orleans and beat either one of those teams whereas Seattle goes to LA and beats them, you know, that's not as shocking to me. They would only play
0: LA if, the if the Eagles Bears lost. Yep, if yeah. the Bears lost. Yep,
1: but yeah, yeah. I was just doing it for making a point. Yeah,
0: yeah. I likely think I think we're gonna see Saints and Seahawks in a week, and I think that's gonna be a great game.
1: Yeah, I think I think that would be a great game too. You're gonna need to see all time great Russell Wilson in that game.
0: All right, Jordan. Uh, for time's sake, I mean, I think we've hit on everything today. I'll give you a couple, you can toss, you gave your MVP Mm -hmm. uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: Offensive Rookie of the Year, Saquon Barkley for me. I know some have said Baker has a case. Not as big. Baker turned the ball over a lot this year. I I mean, he was great. Don't get me wrong, he's great. I'm really looking forward to see what he can do in the next couple years for the Browns. But Saquon had over 2,000 yards in terms of rushing and receiving combined. Um, Phenomenal weapon and really uh, cemented himself as a top three back in the game. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm with you on that one. Uh, defensive player of the year. I would go Khalil Mack.
1: Fair enough. Because um, of the
0: impact he had on that team.
1: Yeah. I think Khalil Mack is probably the obvious choice here. Another one that could put, you could potentially lean towards is Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, what did he have? 22 ish sacks. I think he led the league in sacks. Um, And I mean, he's also on a very, very, very good Rams team, and he's kind of been the catalyst for that defense. Um, But I would say those two probably would be the two front runners, Jack, in terms of um, defensive.
0: And then your Super Bowl pick, who do you have playing in the game and who do you have winning?
1: I hate to braid. This feels, out of the AFC, this, for some reason, feels like a Tom Brady year, does it? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, it does. (laughs) It's just because everybody's doubting him. Now we've heard he doesn't have the weapons he used to have, or he has no weapons. I'll tell you one thing. Guess who's healthy? And maybe, look, you can talk all about their production. All, really, I would think New England cared about was is Rob Gronkowski, is Julian Edelman. Are these guys healthy heading into the postseason? They are. And along with that, quietly, this has been a better Pats defense um, over the the, uh, course of the year. And one of the better secondaries in the NFL, Jack, I think they're the only team in the NFL with two corners that were ranked in terms of like PFF or pro football focus or something along those lines. Two corners that were ranked in the top ten. Those are two big-time guys in terms of uh, Gilmore, and then who's on McCordy? McCordy, yes, on the other side yeah. of him. Those are two very good corners. Um, and there's something about Tom. It, it come playoff time, he's extremely hard to beat. I do think it's also an advantage. They got the bye. They're resting up. They get a game at home. Um, there's a lot to like. I think about the paths in the AFC. And on the NFC side of things, NFC for me is very, very hard to choose because. I, I think the Saints are the clear favorite. I think that's where a lot of people will go. Yeah. Um, and I think the key there is probably the fact that they get to play at home throughout the NFC playoffs. And I'm not going to lie, I really like the idea of a Brady-Breeze Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I like that too, um, although that's where I differ from you. I'm actually going with the Rams.
1: Wow, okay. So you have the Pats out of the AFC?
0: Yeah, I got the Patriots out of the AFC. I also want to say, people saying, "Oh, Brady doesn't have any weapons." When has he ever had weapons That's other fair. than Moss and Gronk? I mean, maybe well, well, yeah. even win with Moss.
1: And I think his supporting cast is being a little bit underappreciated. He's got a good yeah. running back now, in Sony Michelle, um, James White has kind of been that three receiving good back running backs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think, look, maybe Gronk isn't as quick as he used to be. But he still attracts the attention he used to. Um, and that might be the most important thing when it comes to getting guys like Edelman or Hogan open over the middle.
0: Yeah, I'd like to quiz the people who say that he doesn't have weapons and why that they're over because of that. And just I'd like them to name their weapons when they won the first three Super Bowls. How many can you name?
1: (laughs) Jack, remind me who Tom Brady has on his sideline in terms of head coach. I would say that also plays a very key role in playoff time.
0: (laughs) How many can you name, though, from those uh,
1: receivers? Or
0: even running back? I
1: mean, I can name some. Okay. But... Uh, you know, Dion, the Dion branches of the world. Yes. Um, Troy Brown. Yeah. Troy Brown in terms of backs though. Backs are a lot harder.
0: because Smith.
1: Yeah. Tom's had some really random backs over the years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, I think again, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think his, the hate towards his supporting cast is very just over talked about. Shouldn't be talked about. I think they're very intriguing. They get at least one home game, potentially two. If somebody can upset KC and, I like the thought of Brady and Breeze.
0: He's the best ever for a reason. Thank I'll you. I'll say that. He is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we, a couple of years ago, I remember we were doing stuff during a playoffs podcast and whatnot. We really wanted to see Rodgers versus Brady. Mm-hmm. So we hopefully we get the Brady-Breeze thing. But I do think the Saints are... If this was a Saints team that was rolling in week 10 mm-hmm. or week 12, what we were seeing where they blew out the Eagles and... everything but ever since that dallas game i they felt a little iffy to me they were down to the bucks by two scores one week
1: i agree yeah i i I think that's a fair point um but again i think i just look at them at home i see breeze and you know breeze and that offense at home pretty solid defense they're gonna be really really tough to beat
0: all right well on that note oh we didn't even pick our winner did we (laughs)
1: did. <laughs> we did not.
0: <laughs> all right, I'm saying Patriots. I'm going to say Saints.
1: Okay. I'm going to say Drew Brees gets another ring. I th- I that think would be a great story. I think this is year they finally get it together. The Super Bowl is where? Atlanta, correct? Is it? I think it's Atlanta. Is Atlanta a dome? Yeah. Okay, so Brees is, if he goes all the way, he's guaranteed a dome throughout. That's probably yep. pretty crucial information.
0: Yeah, we've had domes the last couple of years, too. Yeah. We had the Minnesota... And Houston last year, I thought the Minnesota setting was awesome for a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's probably a great area for it. There's some there's some cities that aren't great for it. You know what was really good? I've been to I went to the NFL Experience for the New York one, and then the oh. Indianapolis one. And you'd be surprised. I thought the Indianapolis one was a lot better. Um,
0: I could see that. Yeah,
1: I think that the New York one just they had it outside, so there wasn't in like a big convention center or anything. And the NFL experience—they set up a ton of stuff. You know, there's people kicking field goals. <laughs> there's people running 40s. Um, there's people getting autographs all over. Indianapolis did it inside, and it was honestly one of the better sports experiences I've had in, in terms of attending something like that. Um, but yeah, very—I was very surprised that I didn't really—I didn't enjoy New York's nearly as much.
0: I think the other thing is that New York. Even when the Super Bowl's there, there's still a million other things going on.
1: Very fair. Very fair. Where's so, in Indy.
0: <laughs> well, that I think that's cool. I no, think yeah. it really puts a spotlight on whether it's Minneapolis or Houston. Not the biggest cities in the world, but mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of focus on that city for a week. Last week or last year, um, Minneapolis, I thought they really embedded a lot of the culture well in terms of watching... 'Cause Dan Patrick show the guys went out and they played some pond hockey and yeah. you saw what some of the bar scene was like there and the snow and outdoor activities. It was really cool.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean it'll be interesting to see how it is in Atlanta. I think Atlanta's a good location for it as well.
0: Yeah. You got this would be you know it'd be fun. Turner broadcasting on the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be entertaining.
0: Ernie Johnson here. Yeah, in I don't the
1: fifty-yard line. I, I I love
0: Ernie. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. All right, Jordan. This was a lot of fun. Maybe I'll talk to you in about two weeks or so when we get up to the conference championships matchups.
1: For sure, Jack. Thanks for having me as always. Yeah. All right.
0: Well. Uh, lastly, uh, anything you want to plug here, promote? Uh, Twitter handle? Anything?
1: Yeah, just my Twitter handle at Real J Morandini. Uh, talking to Jack about this, but I'm going to start tweeting some more sports stuff there. Um, So feel free to shoot me a follow and reply to my tweets if you disagree with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks, Jordan.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Jack.
0: If you would like to get in touch with me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at the Jack Vita. That's at the J-I-C-K-V-I-T-A. Love having conversations with the listeners of the show On there, you will always know when fresh content is available on my blog or here on the podcast. Subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. We have a YouTube channel that's Press On Sports. Go ahead, subscribe. You will always be aware of fresh content whenever it becomes available. Go ahead and do that. Write a review on iTunes. We could definitely use some positive reviews on there so other people can get the word out about the podcast. That would be wonderful. But that's it for today's show. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters.